Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas. Hello and welcome to episode 93. Today we're going to go over the process of leaving family, the lack of family time or missing family while enjoying this on the road lifestyle. Before we get started, we wanted to mention our 100th episode is coming up soon. Uh, we want you to be part of it. Go to thefailless.com slash message or the show notes of this episode, which is thefailless.com slash 93. You can leave us a message. You can ask us anything. Comment anything that you want played or don't play. We can do that. We can answer your questions on the podcast. We'll play your voicemail on the podcast and then answer it. Or you can email us at hi at the com or leave us a message on any of our social channels. Yeah. And if you don't want your message played on your, the podcast, you can tell it in your note. Speaking of messages, we actually have one to start this podcast. I just want to tell the Fayolas that you guys are 100% on the mark. This is so cool that you guys are doing this with your family. And then you come and visit your grandparents. And that's the best part when you come and visit, when you go to visit your grandparents wherever they live. And when their family comes to visit you, I can hardly understand why we don't visit each other more often. Why don't you start spending like, three months at your grandparents' home where the sewer hookup and everything is already there and you can spend a whole summer or just a couple of months every year. That would be so cool. You go someplace and then you come back for two or three months. That's what you should do. You can't take your grandchildren away from your grandparents for two years and think you're going to get away with it. But anyways, I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. And that is a great intro to today's podcast, which is about leaving those people. And we agree. It is hard. It is pretty bittersweet. For instance, this past summer, we got to spend four months in Michigan and see all of our family. After a while, you really, like, for us, we have this, like, nomadic lifestyle where we get to move often and see all these awesome places so that you kind of it comes starts to come naturally we're in the same spot for four months you get antsy and you start wanting to leave and you start wanting to go adventure but your family doesn't want you to go because they're enjoying the time with you and you're enjoying the time with your family but it's It's kind of like it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. it was super sad to leave michigan but i love going to new places all the time Except for this time we went to the same place. Right. <laughs> We're stuck here for another two months. So yeah. We did do Voyagers in between. That was nice. Yeah, we had a little adventuring in between the two stationary spots this year. All right, so let's start today's podcast talking about the emotional preparation of this, leaving family behind. And this kind of goes from starting this adventure in the beginning um, 
and how to prepare for it. And then uh, even to the point now where we just leave them after a long period of time. So we're kind of talking about both of those things in this area. So the first one is to acknowledge your feelings. It's important to acknowledge the feelings of sadness and guilt, anxiety, all the things that come up when leaving your family behind. Uh, And suppressing these feelings can cause other problems, stress and anxiety. So it's important to acknowledge those feelings on both sides. Mm -hmm. The next thing you should do is communicate with your family. Keep the lines of communication open. Discuss your plans. Talk about your reasons for leaving and how you plan to stay in touch. This can help manage the expectations of everyone involved, including the family outside. One thing that we did from the very beginning was, you know, we told them, you know, like, we are leaving. This is what we plan on doing. We did say we were only leaving for five years, which was kind of a lie, but <laughs> at the time well, it was. was the plan. <laughs> at the time that was the plan, but we have communicated the entire time about that not being the plan anymore. Um, but we've, from the very beginning, we've told them, you know, this is what we're going to do, but we can talk via Slack. We can talk, you know, on our phones, we can do all the video chats. You know, we made sure like that we were communicating with our family and trying to keep them as comfortable as possible. And this kind of goes for others too. Like for us, we're like a, a family unit. There's four of us to look out for each other. Like when we're on the road Um, but if you were a solo traveler, this is very important for you to do with your family too, is to communicate with your family because they're going to be very worried about you out on the road by yourself. Um, you know, there's, you know, like Tony's mom, I've been, we've been trying to talk her into doing this lifestyle with us. Um, but at the same time, we'd be very worried about her (laughs) unless she was with us, obviously, unless she was caravanning with us at the time. But knowing your mom, she would be all over the United States, yeah. <laughs> we'd be worrying about her like crazy. <laughs> so communicating is very important um, on both sides, you know, for them to communicate with you, letting you know how things, you know, how they feel about certain things, and then for you communicating with them just to keep um, everyone on the same page. Yeah, and we, it's not like we sprung it on them, like, right before we left. Like, we talked about doing this for well, they knew from the moment that we bought an RV, and that was two, two and a half years before we actually left. Yeah. So that was the plan already. And so some of them didn't believe it. Some of them didn't I mean, believe technic- it was about to happen. But <laughs> Technically, before the RV. Well, my, uh, we talked about it. My mom was sending us messages like, there's an RV show. I yeah. bet you she's regretting that now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then it was just kind of an idea. It was yeah. just a, you know, on the horizon The next thing on the list is to stay connected. Uh, We talk more about this later on in this podcast, but making use of the technology that we have today to stay connected with your family, this helps everyone emotionally prepare for leaving, even like the moments, you know, for example, when... um, when we left this the summer we left and the yeah. kids were like super sad they were all like crying and everything and we're like listen we're gonna facetime as soon as we get on the road give us a few hours and we're gonna facetime you and the kids did that they facetimed yep. the the their cousins like as soon as we got on the road yeah as soon as i told them as soon as you guys can't see us down the road call us zoom inside the house and 
put FaceTime on your phone right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they did. And then they FaceTimed for, like, a huge portion of the drive that day. And it just helps with um, that anxiety of leaving. Yeah. And just knowing that you can talk on FaceTime. The kids all morning or all day yesterday and all day today before the podcast have been FaceTiming with their cousins. Yesterday they were playing Switch. Today they were doing some Legos with them. Um, so having that communication is really good. And I would say a good addition for our family was getting the the kids' phones. I know most people out there with a 10 and 7-year-old, actually it was like a 7 and 5-year-old almost, right? Yeah. Like two years ago. That's probably not a doable thing or probably not even advisable. Yeah. But in our case, like, that's a good way for them to stay connected. Like, my mom. My mom's hard of hearing, so she can't really talk on the phone. So they communicate via text all the time. Mm-hmm. And they get to, you know, video chat and FaceTime with other family members and stuff. So it's and been a really valuable addition to our connectivity. And we have completely locked down their phone, so they're yeah. not just, like, willy-nilly on their phone. Yeah, they have, like, seven contacts. Yeah, and it's parental controlled, so they yeah. have to talk to those seven people. And so we are very safe with them, and we're always up in their business. So <laughs> so while it's not advisable, we are very careful with them. Yeah, and they don't well. have, like, internet. Because the internet is scary. Yeah, they don't have social media or anything like that. So The next thing on the list is to plan visits. Um, I would say as soon as you start planning on going full-time, Like, so you say, you know, your launch day is X time. Start planning your visits then. It it makes it like, um, it gives it like that better separation anxiety because your family knows that, okay, you're leaving right now, but I'll see you in a year or you're leaving right now or I'll see you in six months or something like that. So you start planning those visits as soon as possible. You know, if you're, if you're like us and you loosely plan a route for the whole year, like in the beginning of the year or at the the end of the previous year you can you can see where that could fit in Mm -hmm. you can see you know if i'm if i'm in arizona how am i going to make this trip to michigan work and then go back to you know montana or something like that or vice versa the other way around so and you can also plan for them to visit you as well and that's what i like i like i i obviously i love going to family i have a lot of memories in michigan and like we have a lot of things that we can do in Michigan because we know so much about it. But I like to expose them to what our life or our traveling and stuff is like. Mm-hmm. New places. And the areas, them. you know, the areas that we love. Like they, both my mom and your parents have both been to Florida. They visit mm-hmm. us in Florida multiple times. Um, your mom it, came to my Arizona. My mom came to Arizona. We're trying to talk your parents into doing that this winter. They came to North Dakota, but that's not like this. <laughs> that was last year, but yeah, that was. <laughs> that was more just to see us, yep. which is nice. And keep us company while dad went working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a good way to do this is using tools like that you can plan ahead of time. And we talk about this in episode 89. So thefails.com slash 89. It was a RV trip planning tools episode. So that's a good podcast to listen to if you want to learn about how we plan out our trips. Next on the list. Focus on the positive. While it is important to acknowledge your feelings of sadness, it's also important to focus on the positive aspects of this lifestyle and your decision to travel. Whether it's the freedom of the RV lifestyle, the opportunity to explore new places, 
or the chance to meet new people. All those things are huge positives for this. I mean, our big one is family. We get to, well, we have a couple big ones. Well, actually, we have a few big ones. Freedom (laughs) of this lifestyle, obviously. Exploring new places, but doing it with our family and not doing the 9 to 5. Well, even though I still work, I still get to be with my family from 9 to 5, you know. Uh, but Tony, you know, he was away from us all the time, all day, and then he'd come home at night. He missed a lot of things. Like, even the beet harvest. Tony has done a couple days of the pre-harvest, and as soon as he got home, both kids were, like, on him, like flies. Yep. <laughs> Dad, we did this. Look at this. Look at this. Did you know this happened, Dad, today, and this happened, and this happened? Because they're just not used to him being gone all day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're used to him experiencing these things with us. So that's why we do this. Um, And so making sure that your family knows that, like explaining to your family how awesome it is for you. Like my mom, my mom and dad will say things. Um, You know, my mom, my mom, especially, I notice her saying it a lot where, you know, she's like, it's really sad, but it's so good for your kids. And, you know, you guys are doing, you know, like she says things like when she's talking to other people, I'll hear it too. Like she explains to them, like, it's really sad to see them leave, but they get to travel in all these really cool places and all this. So those are like our words being like our words coming out of her mouth. So we've sold it to her, um, why this is so important to us. Uh, and so now like it, it makes her feel better that it's not like we're just leaving to leave. There's good reasons for us to leave. It's not like we've been relocated, you know, against our will and we had to move away or something like the witness protection program where, you know, we get sent off and they don't, nobody ever gets to see or talk to us again. It's, (laughs) you know, when I was a kid, I always thought that would be kind of fun to be put in witness protection though, just because you get to go like, yeah, you get to go in this extreme new place, which is kind of like what we have now. And finally, you should set realistic expectations. It's important to set those expectations about how often you'll be able to visit or communicate with your family. Being realistic about the challenges and like the limitations can help in managing expectations and reducing the disappointment. Yeah, this goes for both communication and visits. I know you mentioned that, but I want to make sure that that is... Uh, very clear (laughs) because sometimes you don't have as good of signal in certain areas. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure your family knows uh, why you're not going to be calling them or why the kids aren't calling them or whatever. And then as far as visits go, telling them up front um, as, as early as possible is good. So for example, we probably won't be back to Michigan for three to four years. Mm -hmm. And we tried to be very clear about that. Um, It's, not because we don't want to, but we just have a lot of things that um, take our summers, which is we want to go to Alaska. We want to go back to Washington and Oregon and Banff National Park. And yeah, like we're going to spend whole, a little time in, in Canada, Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that little area. And then we have two years of possible braces in there, too. So that's four years of time that we cannot get over to Michigan. It's just a little ways out of the way a little too far out of the way um, to make it work. So we're realistic with that up front. It's probably going to be three to four years. (laughs) So on the other hand of that, we recommended people started looking up good vacation spots to come see us. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll just let them know ahead of time where we're going to be and they can choose where they want to come visit. 
earlier we talked about staying connected. Um, ways to stay connected. This is in 2023 has gotten pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, it's funny because actually in the beginning of our full-time journey, um, it was harder. It's actually gotten easier since then. So <laughs> it's only getting better. <laughs> um, when we I first started, we went when we moved to Texas. Do you remember the internet problems we had in the beginning? Oh, yeah. That was scary. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. We're going to have to move home. Yeah, because we had... <laughs> We had the um, RV park Wi-Fi, which is like our primary Wi-Fi, yeah. and it was spotty. Yeah. We had our idea. Verizon hotspot, which we didn't like to use a whole lot, even though it was like an unlimited plan, but it was like one of those grandfathered ones. We didn't know. They could shut it off at any second. Yeah. We were just scared that we were going to make them mad or something, so that was scary, but now we have Starlink, which is great, and it's pretty reliable for the most part. Um, and there's other internet sources as well. And the main ways that we take advantage of our internet anywhere is Skype, FaceTime, Echo Show. Those are new additions to... Yeah, Echo is a new one. You can, like, drop in, Sorry, which is... I'm having trouble. Yeah. She said her name. Was not talking to you. We got an E and an A. Yeah. <laughs> she said her name. And that's a pretty neat device. Um... Obviously, yeah. phone calls, calling each other. Yeah, that device, the e-device, <laughs> um, is neat because it allows us to just drop in to my mom and dad. And, you know, we don't just drop in when they're not expecting us. We'll send them a text and say, hey, we're going to drop in or call them or something. But we can, like, video chat in with them. And there's a little screen on our side, and they have one as well. And so we can kind of just communicate with each other, and it's cool. It's almost like FaceTime, but... Yes. Better. Yeah, different network. Yep. <laughs> but FaceTime is great for the kids. We don't have FaceTime because we have Androids, but Kylie and Lexi have iPhones, and their cousins have iPhones, so they can FaceTime with their cousins. And then we use Skype, um, which is another tool that's been around forever, but we use that as well as just, like, kind of family communicating when we want to all get on and talk to each other. Yeah, like, if, we, if we're using the laptop. Sometimes it's easier to use the laptop in a certain situation than it is like a phone or something like that. But And obviously phone calls. And on phone calls, you can now do video chat where you just click in through video chat on yep. our phones. We like to do this during dinners a lot, which is kind of fun. So you're having dinner and they're having dinner. And then we can kind of communicate like together. This happens, you know, at Thanksgiving, Christmas, those kind of events. We call in and we kind of eat dinner together. Yep. And then watch parties. This is something new that we've been doing. I at least have. I don't think the kids have done it yet. But this is, they have watch parties on Amazon, Netflix, and other streaming services. I'm pretty sure Disney Plus has it. Like, all of them probably have it now. Um, but it's really cool. You just go in, you pick a movie, they pick a movie, and you connect through the watch party option, like right in the app. You both are watching the same movie, so you can pause and play, and then, like, let's say I pause it, it'll pause for them as well. And then you can, uh, there's, like, a little chat in there as well, so you can chat through that, um, which is cool, but you could also chat through your phone as well. Um, but these are actually a lot more fun than you think they are, too. I know when I first thought of it, um, I thought it would be kind of fun for my sister and mom and I to watch a movie and chat through the the little watch party thing. After the watch party, it was actually really fun, and we all agreed that we need to do it again, and we we were doing it like every other Thursday or so. It was fun, um, but we need to get those going again. 
It'd be great for kids too. I think kids could do it as well. You guys, you guys chat and stuff like type yeah. chat. Yeah, there's like a little text um, option on the right of the video. So you watch the video, and then on the 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 right side, there's a little chat thing. It's kind of fun. I think the coolest part about it is when you pause or you you know you're watching the exact same thing as them. So it kind of makes you feel like you're in the room with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you pa- – like my mom, for example, she, my dad must come in and talk to her or something. So, like, we'll all be watching, and then all of a sudden it'll start, like, rewinding. <laughs> like, Mom! <laughs> we all know it's her. Tara will be like, Mom, you know we're all watching this. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I didn't understand that part. Besides, like that that <laughs> thing happening, it's kind of like sitting in a movie theater because you're not just sitting there having a conversation in a movie theater, right? You're like, you know, you're just making like looking over, nudging maybe, and like looking over. That's kind of like what the text yeah. box would be like, you know. We do talk a little bit more than probably in a movie theater, but <laughs> at least I do. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else. I watch it on my computer, so it's easy for me to um, type and text, but my mom watches it on her computer. So this, or on her, on her real TV, sorry. So this is what's really cool about it is you can log in to your TV, watch it on your TV, and then also log in on your phone and text through your phone. So that's kind of a cool feature mm-hmm. is you can be doing both at the same time. We also have a podcast about staying connected with with family and work on the road. Uh, that's the com slash 39. 39, yep. And we dive into internet more in that one as yep. well, so. Something to help you when you leave your family is building a new community or support system on the road. And here's a few steps on doing that. First is to be open and approachable. Smile at people. Make eye contact with them. Initiate conversations with them. Wave at people when they wave to you at the campground. (laughs) Why do you look at me and smile at all these things? I'm I'm not directing that towards you at all. But we've been to so many campgrounds. Like I'm a oh, okay. I'm a wavy person. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving through the RV park to leave or come back, and if somebody's walking down the road, I'll just like wave, even if it's just like a quick wave. And some people just glare at you. Yeah, I think I saw a reel or something. Yeah, I think I saw a reel, and it was like me driving, and then my wife driving or something. And there's like nobody would wave, one person <laughs> would wave. I don't know. Um. I am a very, so this is kind of funny, is I'm a very, I think I'm approachable and I'm friendly with people. And when I'm outside and talk, like I talk to everybody, but I'm, I am a homebody. So for people that think that you can only do this lifestyle if you're just like outgoing and you want to be outside in nature all yeah, day. If you're like the insta, insta hiker. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm a homebody. I love to be in my home and I love like sitting on the couch with my kids and watching a movie or something, you know, snuggling and watching a movie. That's like my favorite thing to do. Um, and I do like to be outside and I do like to be doing exploring and Jeep trails and all that stuff too. And once I get out there, I'm fine. But like <laughs> sometimes I could be in my house for a couple of days without you seeing me. <laughs> Especially during the week. Like that's, yeah. that's one thing to keep in mind is like you have a nine to five job where that keeps you inside for eight hours a day. Yeah. I mean, so, I could take breaks and come outside more. With you at work, I do that more often. People are like, yep. oh, there's a girl that lives there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know that. Uh, but anyways. Especially in this type of situation, yeah, where we're kind of stationary. Yeah. <laughs> and there's really not a lot to do in this area other than, like, we'll go walk around the the RV park. Yeah. You know, take the dogs for walks, but. 
if I didn't have to do it, then yeah, you probably wouldn't see me at all here. I would just stay right in my house. Yeah. I have enough to do in here to keep me busy. <laughs> but once I get out, I'm very approachable. And so, and, and if I had to be in that situation where I was trying to build a community, then I, I think I would do just fine at it. I like people. I just don't. It's just not something I need to have. Yeah. I'm fine with my circle. Another thing you can do is join online communities. There are so many, like, RV community resources mm-hmm. uh, out there. There's so many different Facebook groups. And, I mean, you have to pick and choose. You have to filter those out because some of them can be just, like, downers. <laughs> but um, there's all kinds of, like, like certain RV brands and certain RV Mm-hmm. equipment and stuff like Lippert. Like I see Lippert stuff and Lippert groups everywhere. Everybody always talks about them and like they have extravaganzas and like, you know, and they have those like RV. Um, What is, what are those RV groups? Um, I don't know what they are, but there's like some full-time RV groups. There's full-time families, yep. stuff like that. That's not what I was thinking of though. The one I was thinking of is kind of like an RV insurance type thing. I can't think of what. RVIA. Or uh, FMCA? Yes, FMCA. That's what I was thinking Yeah, of. that's a whole other type of group, too. Yeah, so there are lots of different groups that you can be part of. Um, that's a great idea, and that's more my area, online communities. Yeah. <laughs> um, another way to build a community and to meet people are is to attend events and gatherings. There's RV rallies. Full-time Families has a lot of these. Escapees has all kinds of escapers bash and all that kind of stuff like some of them are family friendly some of them are like adult oriented um so there's a lot of big gatherings around the country year round you can be active on social media you can make lots of friends um in this community at least on social media i think the rv community is very friendly and it's very easy to talk to everybody and you know like communicate through social media dm somebody dm us we'd love to talk to you yep um and I think that that community is really good. So you can definitely make friends on social media. Volunteering is another way. You can volunteer, you know, in the community that you're in at that time. You can volunteer around the country. There, When we first started RVing, um, a lot of the full-time RV families that we followed at the time did missionaries and stuff like that. I haven't mm. heard a lot about those lately. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, a lot of groups still do that. So you could do something like that. Well, some of the RV parks that we go to, like, for example, a lot of the Thousand Trails, they'll have certain events at certain times of the year, and uh, they're always looking for help. Like, for if you were to volunteer, like, at the the annual Halloween get-together thing, you know, oh, where yeah. they make, where they decorate stuff, and they have the games and stuff, they're always looking for volunteers for that, and that's, and that's a good way to get your family there and involved. You can join clubs or groups in the area that you're at. So a photography club, a hiking club. Photography clubs are fun, by the way, because you will go as a group um, around a certain area. Let's say you're in the Teton area. You you could join a club in that area if you're going to be there for a while, and you meet and you go walking around the Tetons and take photographs. And you're normally there with people that are better than you, (laughs) so you can learn from them as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a class. But yet it's a club. Especially, like, for me, I love photography and stuff. But, like, for example, here, I could go walk around um, the this whole area trying to be inspired to take pictures of stuff um, by myself and may not turn up with really anything 
worthwhile, you know, but if there was like a photography club, even some like a local, we could go out and they could kind of show you points of interest. And then you get to see kind of like other perspectives. Mm-hmm. And they have hiking groups and there's tons of book clubs. There's tons of different clubs that you can join. Off-road clubs. Like yes. when we're in Arizona, um, especially in Yuma. There's like three or four large Jeep clubs or even not all Jeep, but some like off-road, some strictly Jeep. And they do weekly, like sometimes multiple times during the week, um, trail rides. So especially like if you're retired, if you don't have, you know, kids to school or you don't have like your nine to five job, you could go, you could go Jeeping two or three times a week, you know, with a bunch of Jeep people. The way that I found those um, were on just fake, fake, uh, Facebook groups. So there was no fee or anything like that. You don't have to like join the club or anything. You're just, if you're a, a Facebook group member, you're a member of their club and you can go. And you so, have a Jeep. Sometimes they have like, uh, they have uh, like a Christmas run where you bring a toy, you know, maybe up to a $20 value and you give it to them. And then they take all those toys and they donate it to like a, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's adorable. Yeah. Be a good neighbor. Um, Being a good neighbor in the RV park or campground can go a long way in building community. Uh, You can offer meals if there's a family that's not doing as well. You could help them out. Um, Or just chatting, helping them how to do something. You know, like we've helped many people in the RV campgrounds. And we've had a lot of people help us. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was... There was one time we were in Cottonwood and I was rebuilding the um, vacuum pump for our vacuum toilet. And I dropped a screw and I could not find it. And it wasn't just any old screw. It was like a stainless steel screw. And I was, you know, on my hands and knees with my flashlight looking for it everywhere. My next door neighbor says, hey, did you drop something? You need help looking for it? I was like, yeah, I dropped this screw. It's a little stainless screw. And he's like, I bet you I have one. I have a million screws. Went and do his little thing. He got all this stuff out. Like, I'm like, you don't have to do that because it's buried. I could tell that it was buried in there. He got all of his stuff out, dug through all the screws, found, like, almost an exact replacement. You know, and stuff like that. Like, I'd say that's pretty widespread through the RV community. Mm -hmm. People like that. And you're very helpful, too. I mean, you've helped multiple different people like different things and we've called people yeah like we've made friends um with some people on social media and then we've called them like out of the like blue like can we call you we have some questions about our solar yep um so it is it is a very good community and and that's how you can build it staying in touch making that's kind of what i was just saying so what i was just saying is like four of these things all mixed in together (laughs) uh be a good neighbor stay in touch um you know keeping in touch with people that maybe you meet on social media and then making those relationships and then keeping in touch with them later and you can meet them multiple times on the road and then the next thing which is also something i was just saying (laughs) be supportive you know like be helpful when you can if you know, if somebody needs help or if they just need somebody to listen to them, uh, listen to them and be helpful to them yep. because when you need it, they'll be there for you. It's called karma. <laughs> All right. Number four. So this area is a little, I don't know, a sensitive issue. It's setting boundaries. And this is important for a lot of different reasons, but Mostly just to make sure that everyone involved, your family, your friends, and you all know where everyone stands so that there's no problems. And 
what I mean by that, let's let's just dive into the things I think. Not about. everybody understands this lifestyle. Yeah, there we go. And so it's important to explain it up front what's going on. So for example, your family may be very concerned about you doing this lifestyle. <laughs> you know, especially if you're a solo traveler, they may be like, you know, we don't want you doing this. This is not, you know, this is not something you should be doing. We don't want you to do it. Or if you're with family or if you have kids, you know, you shouldn't be taking your kids out of school. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't take. And the first thing to recognize is they're not doing this to be hurtful or mean they're doing it out of concern so it's best to just explain to them you know these are the things that the reasons why you're going to do it this is how you're going to be safe about it you know like explain to them everything and then set the boundaries like this is the way it is we're doing this we're going to do all these things to make sure we're safe and that our kids are trained properly or taught properly and all these other things yeah but then just say you're just going to have to (laughs) deal with it (laughs) We're doing this our way. There's nobody out there that cares about our family more than we do. Mm-hmm. So, and we should point out our family has been 100% supportive. Sure. No yep. one has really said this at all. They've said we're crazy, but they never said they didn't want us to do it. Yeah. We have had a couple people tell us, um, you know, they didn't think that we would do it or, um, you know, like they, they still don't get it or like don't understand. So they're just kind of like, okay, so when is this over with? Or, yeah. you know, like, when are you going to be done with this? And it, it sometimes, like, to us, it's funny because it's like, I don't know when it's going to be over with. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be over with in five years, but we're loving this life. Like, it's hard for us to think about settling down. It really is. We're not just saying that because, you know, we're stuck in this situation yeah. because we're 100% not. And in a future podcast coming up, we're going to talk about the financial side of RV lifestyle, and it's not cheap (laughs) so it's not like we do this because we have to (laughs) yeah we do this because it really is an addiction and it's fun so just making sure that your family understands and your friends understand that you know we understand their concerns but this is the reasons why we're doing it and it is what it is and they should understand your needs as well so just laying them out helps them stay in line that yeah. sounds like a weird way to say it, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it helps them know where your boundaries are and where your boundary or where their boundaries are. You do this by doing all the things we've already talked about, making sure that you're communicating clearly with them, telling them all of your needs, your limitations, explaining your resources, why you chose this lifestyle, all of that being firm, but kind. So just like I said, you know, don't be rude and dismissive. They're, they're saying these things because they're concerned about you. And that's awesome that you have a family member or a friend that is concerned about you or one of your family members. But at the same time, you just need to make sure that they understand that you know what you're doing. You're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you got the this. Most part. <laughs> yeah. You got this. <laughs> and that comes with making sure that you sound like you know what you're doing. <laughs> if you're like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. Yep. And like being like a basket case, then you're not going to give them the assurance that they're looking for if you're not <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen some of those people, by the way, if, you know, I've seen some of those people inside the RV lifestyle. I'm just like, eek, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be doing this, dude. <laughs> some people do get by by winging it mm-hmm. somehow. <laughs> well, I would say we wing it a little bit, 
but we're confident just small, in our just yeah. small aspects of our life, but most of our life has structure. Yeah, and we have confidence in our decisions, even when we are winging it. Yeah, like we're confident in the winging. My mom is probably more concerned about our lifestyle right now that we're here because <laughs> I have to that you're provide. left to fend for yourself. <laughs> I have to provide for the family while you're gone. It's important to manage expectations. So let them know, like what, for example, what we did. We're not going to be home in four years. So you should know that now. Now, if we come home within the four years for some reason, then it's like, surprise, we're here. Yeah, we exactly. love you. Uh, but they're not expecting us to be there. Uh, and so that's just um, up front. Another thing is you don't have to feel guilty about leaving and doing this, especially for your family. And by the way, this is a hard one. Uh, I am probably the last person that would feel guilty because <laughs> I am very much – you know, this is my family and this is what we want to do and it is what it is. Yep. Um, but I feel guilty all the time, especially when we leave because I am very, very close to my family. Yeah. And I love hanging out with them. I love the kids hanging out together. So I do feel very, very guilty. And that's a hard feeling when, you know, you're trying to make these decisions and be strong and confident in them. <laughs> and then you have a lot of guilt. Uh, so it's just a good reminder to not feel guilty. Also, it's important to be consistent. Consistency is the key to setting boundaries. Being consistent will help manage your expectations that you've set. Uh -huh. Yeah, if you're, if you're always like doing the opposite of what you say you're going to do, then nobody's going to expect that. Yep. So, for example, if you tell them, hey, I am going to be, and this is for those solo travelers. Yep. You know, if you're like, hey, I'm going to be in some areas that I don't get the best signal, but I'm going to make sure I contact you every Friday just to let you know I'm doing okay. But then you skip Fridays and you're like Saturday you or Sunday. Yeah. yeah, Saturday or Sunday you call and you're like, oops, I forgot. Well, in those situations, you're not building confidence with the people yeah. that you're trying to communicate with because you're not being consistent. So that's just a really funny example. I mean, there's a million examples I could give about being consistent. Um, but that's very important when setting boundaries. Yeah, be consistent in your communication and your actions. All right, the next section, dealing with loneliness. This is a good one because it is hard when you leave your family and your friends behind and you're out on the road trying to make a new lifestyle, new community, all of that. And it, number one, you don't have a community yet. Or number two... <laughs> It's not your family and friends, so. Especially if you're used to having a lot of, like, you know, friend get-togethers mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, there's definitely more isolation when you're traveling and on the road. Even, like, we have our family and we love doing stuff together. There, it's definitely, it's it's fairly easy to meet people on the road mm -hmm. uh, in the RV community. But, you know, sometimes you don't have that same, you don't have the same bond with longtime friends and family and stuff like that. So some tips for dealing with that. Number one, stay connected. We've already talked about that multiple different ways that you can stay connected with your family and friends at home. Definitely do that. Number two, join online communities. We've already talked about that a little bit, but this is a good way to um, make sure that you have community wherever you're going to be because it's online. Yep. As long as you have online internet, you're good to go. And don't just stick to Facebook or Instagram. There's definitely other resources out there that you can get into because I'll be honest with you, there's so many different Facebook groups that are RV related that I'm in 
that somebody asks a question and they're just bombarded with, you know, negativity. <laughs> you know, it's like I've left a few of them because I had that gave me no value. I like to learn stuff when I get into those. Like, for instance, RV solar groups. People will ask a similar, a simple question that's probably been asked a hundred times before, but that's the first thing that people, the first 20 comments, did you use the search function? No, they clearly didn't. <laughs> just scroll, <laughs> just scroll by, dude. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. It's just, it's one of those things. So look for other resources where there are like-minded people and positive people that you know, they'll be there to help. Attending events and gatherings, engage in social activities. So joining a club, taking a class. Yep. You know, you can get on and find lots of different classes, gun classes, hunting classes. Yep, survival stuff. Like, yeah. Um, there's all kinds of. Photography, yep. hiking. You can knit, learn to knit. I mean, we just had a bunch of like. Armageddon type stuff. So I thought I would throw out something good like knitting. Cooking. <laughs> cooking. You know, there's so many different resources out there for like rustic cooking or, you know, tiny living cooking tips and stuff like that. Um, I, I like to watch stuff like that because I can learn. I can learn new ways and new techniques. And what's really cool is a lot of these are one-time classes. So you go to yeah. the class the one time and you don't have to keep going back. So you can take the one class and then, you know, do something with yourself so you're not bored. And a lot of RV parks we go to, they have like weekly pickleball tournaments and what's yeah. the other shuffleboard. There's like always people playing shuffleboard. Practice self-care. So hiking, Jeep trails, <laughs> reading books, listening to music, spending time in nature, all of those things. Do that. Another thing is to create a routine that you keep no matter where you're at. And this is really good when you're on the move because it's the same thing wherever you go. So we have routines with our family. We get up in the morning, our kids brush our teeth, brush their hair. They start doing, they, you know, do their homeschool. I was going to say World Watch, which is what they do first. They always yep. watch the World Watch when they eat their breakfast. Yep. Um, you know, and then they, you know, then they get to go outside and play and do that. So they have like a routine that is the same no matter where we're at. So our lifestyle is changing all the time. Our backyard is changing all the time. The weather mm -hmm. is changing all the time. Uh, you know, I have like 24-7 allergies because <laughs> the weather is – we, we it's follow – always different. <laughs> yeah. We follow like that season. Um, but at the same time, we have specific routines that we do the exact same to make us feel – I don't know. It's at The funny thing is that this is under like not being bored section or being lonely section, and you think routine would make that. But when you're – when you have one side of your life that's like always changing – that side is like, it's good to have some routine, I yeah, guess. Exactly. I don't know how to explain that better than that, but. Well, like the, uh, there's a Navy Admiral McRaven. He had, did a speech at a commencement or something. And he said, the best advice I can give you is make your bed every day. You start off first thing in the morning with a positive. You've accomplished something. And that's a good routine. Staying present and focusing on positive aspects of your life is good. So make sure you're practicing mindfulness, gratitude, you know, start a gratitude journal. Uh, these are things that will help you um, as you go on this journey. Staying active. All right, mental health. Let's dive into this a little bit here. Um, the impact of leaving your family, 
is hard. And, you know, especially if you're solo at this, um, it can be even harder because you don't have anyone with you. Uh, We have each other, our family. Um, So it's important to, like, recognize that and get help when you need it. There can definitely be aspects of anxiety and stress involved with this. And, you know, it comes in different forms for different people like nothing is wind oh yeah no no, that's it that's it wind wind is a big anxiety for me (laughs) actually it always is to be honest when we're driving i get anxious over wind (laughs) when we're settled i'm anxious over wind and that's where it's important to have some sort of support system whether it be you know just friends in the rv community or or communicating with family and stuff like that yeah, having a support system. It doesn't have to be a therapist. Yeah. Although, you know, a lot of people have therapists, and you can do those online, by the way. So, yeah. um, so if you need that, definitely get it. But it could just be a support system in general. It could be, um, you know, somebody that does this lifestyle that you could say, hey, like, I really miss my family. How do you get over this? Or what can you do to, like, help your family understand because they're so mad at me they won't even talk to me or something like that you know having somebody in this community that you can reach out to and communicate your feelings with is really good I think Mm -hmm. and by the way the therapist may not quite understand your feelings either so it might be better to find somebody in this lifestyle because exactly somebody who's more of a seasoned vet of RV life yeah because let me tell you this lifestyle is its its own thing Yep. <laughs> it's really there's hard to explain who, it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who really don't understand the the whys and the the reasons behind it. If you're listening to this podcast or if you listen to more than a couple of our podcasts, I'm sure that you understand it more than half the people we talk to about it. Yeah. Because it is not something that like people are just in shock um that we are willing to live in an RV and travel around the country, even though it's a very popular thing. I feel like a lot of people do it now. Yeah. it's Some people aren't cut out for it, and they gave it a whirl and stopped. But (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I I do think that um, that it it is – it's an experience. So living full-time in an RV can be so rewarding and fulfilling experience, but it's important to be mindful of that impact on your mental health so that you can take the steps needed to take care of yourself and like tony said this isn't for everybody and that's not you know just to say you know it may not be for you and that's okay to know that and um, that's not a reason if you're not doing it already to not try yeah no i get that i'm just saying that it's not for everybody no (laughs) some people shouldn't do this some people shouldn't start yeah what you're saying (laughs) yes but I do think that, like, I wish everybody could try it at least once. Yeah. Like, I wish everybody, even, like, even just traveling, you don't have to live in an RV to, you know, have a little bit of this lifestyle in your life. You could do, like, mini trips. Um, It's so rewarding, you know, especially with your family, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Celebrating holidays. This is a time when it's hard to be away from family is holidays. This is a big one for us. Birthdays, Christmases, Thanksgiving. Those those are where we miss the family the most. And I get a little tiny depressed after each one of them. We do the best we can with our tools that we mentioned earlier. Skype. We're now going to do it with the E, which I can't say <laughs> her name. But everyone knows who I'm talking about. 
we meet up during dinners and present time, you know, when everyone's opening the presents. We try to do new traditions, like, for example, we do a uh, Christmas Eve scavenger hunt, which yep. we love. We do it with our family. Um, we make hot chocolate. We make this fun scavenger hunt, and we go out on Christmas Eve and look for all these things. It's a fun thing to do and to keep our mind busy when, you know, all of our family at home is getting together and doing things, yep. and we can't be there. So this is just something fun for us. And we do have a whole episode dedicated to that. That would be thefeolas.com slash 56. Yep, spending holidays in an RV. So that's a good one to listen to if if you're doing that. But holidays is a hard one. This is one where you're definitely going to want to have, like, a little bit of a support system or community. Actually, a few of the holiday, most, actually, all of the holidays, I think, um, like Christmases and things, we have actually been by ourselves. We haven't been with other RVers on the yep. road. We should try to meet up with some RVers during that time. Talking about new traditions, you can also create new tr- traditions with your family and friends at home. So, for example, we send postcards now to our cousins when we go to different states. We try to get different postcards, and the kids will write on them and send them home to the kids, and they put them into a book, which I think is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We mentioned a tradition that we've started, which is um, our Christmas Eve scavenger hunt. Yep. We do another thing with our family. It's like weekly family meetings. We kind of meet together and talk about, you know, the upcoming week and things that we're going to be doing and um, – you know, the dinners, we plan our meals for that week. We let the kids help plan the meals so they're more involved in all of that. Mm-hmm. We can also kind of check in with them, even though we check in with them all the time and we're, like, up in their business all the time. But we know, like, how they feel about this life. And, you know, at any time it becomes a problem, then we would readjust and figure something out. Yeah, We don't want anyone to struggle with it. We're not trying to hold anybody hostage. Yeah. (laughs) Like some people think, like, you know, how can you do that? To your children. (laughs) Another good tradition to do is to do, like, daily reflections or journaling, stuff like that. I think it's something good to keep keep going. Um, I'm the only one in the house that does not journal. I know. You should journal. It's fun. But it's good because, like, it's good to look back at it. Like, I have a five- your journal, I think it is. So there's just this little like line. There's like a couple lines every day, but then there's five on one page. So I can actually like see what I did last year and what I did the year before. It's kind of fun. So I like doing those. Another in creating new traditions is celebrating milestones. So when we're on the road for one year, when, you know, this is our one year mark, this is our two year mark, this is three years, things like that. Or completing, like, a challenging hike or national parks. You know, we've hit yep. 30. That means we've hit halfway of our national parks. Um, or any of those kind of achievements that you're trying to do. And setting those kind of goals, too. Um, you know, things to, like, push yourself for. Mm-hmm. That kind of keeps you going and not missing them as much. I want to walk 50 miles <laughs> this year or something like that, you know, like setting goals for yourself to achieve on your travels. Another thing to keep your immediate family busy is cooking together. That's something fun to do. You can do traditional meals, things that you do 
normally, or you can do unique meals to that area. That'd be kind of fun as well. And it teaches your kids valuable lessons. For example, I just found out Lexi can make eggs, and so she's making me breakfast now that you're at work. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that I, I do like it when they want to help to cook because I enjoy cooking. I like making meals, even though I don't have, like, a huge, you know, recipe book full of stuff that I can cook. Um, we basically cycle through, like, the same 14 meals <laughs> every month. But um, I do like it when they – when they want to help and they get in there and, and I can like just tell them what to do and stand back and just kind of observe mm-hmm. and let them get their hands dirty. And what's really funny is Lexi, you know, when she, we made a egg bagel, egg sandwich is what we were making. And she made my egg perfect. I couldn't even believe it. Like it didn't even crack. It was like a, fr- a perfect over medium egg. Nice. I know. I was impressed. Another thing to do, create rituals around nature. So like a morning walk, a nightly stargazing session. These are fun. We've done these before. That's Um, one thing that I try to do anytime we're anywhere where there's a good dark sky is I point it out to everybody. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, look it up. Look up. Just give it five minutes. Just stare at the sky. I know there's been five. I normally can't give it five minutes because I'm very impatient. But there's been a couple of times that I was just like, okay, you know, and I'll sit there for a second before walking into the house. You know, we, we get home from like a Jeep trail and you're just like, look at the sky. And it takes me a couple of minutes before it like, fig- I don't know, like darkens around my adjust, eyes. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yep. You're just like, it's every night, Kristen. Every night it looks like this. Yep. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Plus, I'm a very patient person, so I can <laughs> I can wait it out, and I can check out all the cool things. Yeah. I've seen, in the past four and a half years, I've seen more shooting stars and stuff like that than I have my whole life. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Another fun tradition is sharing stories around the campfire or bed. You know, before we go to bed, we can talk about different things and tell different stories. That's always a fun tradition to have. Game nights is another one. We have a lot of games. In fact, when we were in Michigan, Tony wanted to take half of them out and leave them in our storage unit. And I was like, no, we're going to play the games. But when you have 100, half is still 50. (laughs) But it's. When you want to play a lot, you know. We do love playing games, though. It is fun, yep. The other day we played like four games, the kids and I, in one day. So (laughs) we need 50. Learning together is another fun thing to keep your mind busy. Making traditions of learning something new, like a new language. And that's where, like, it it really comes around to me. I'm relearning some math. Oh, yeah, right now. <laughs> because Kylie's in fifth grade math, and she's doing, like, all these fractions and converting and all <laughs> these things that I have 25 years ago forgotten. Yeah. But learning something together like a new language, Spanish, French, you know, learning something like that would be cool. A new skill. I know we've talked about doing survival skills for the kids, you know, like teaching them how to start a fire, stuff yep. like that. It just comes easy when you're, quote, camping, which yeah. is kind of what we're doing. Um, you know, teaching them those kind of skills. But we love, like, especially national parks. We we are exposed to way more history than we used to be. Oh, yeah. You know, nature and history and all that kind of stuff. So we're constantly learning about that and about all the things. Mm-hmm. 
volunteering is another thing. We mentioned this earlier, but volunteering is a family doing a, you know, volunteering at a homeless shelter or soup kitchen, something like that. That would be an awesome way to keep your mind busy or build a tradition that keeps you busy. Beach cleanups, you know, another fun one. Our kids love cleaning up. Okay, so we have two more sections. This one is on setting goals. I mentioned this briefly earlier, but I think it's very important to set goals for your journey. And this keeps you motivated. It lets your family know that you're working towards, you know, different goals so that it's not just like you're just trying to stay away from them. (laughs) But we have multiple podcasts on this as well. For example, um, thefeolas.com slash 26. We have like our 2021 recap. It talks about what we did in 2021. And then the next episode, which is thefeolas.com slash 27, we talk about our 2022 goals. Uh, those are really cool to listen to. We did it again in 2023 at on podcast 58 and 59, where 58, we talk about the recap from 2022. And then 59, we talk about the goals for 2023. I think those are really fun because it sets up like, you know, something to strive for for that year and keeps mm-hmm. you a little bit busy. Like, oh, we still have three more parks to, you know, hit our goal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just makes it, I don't know, all these things just kind of help. You can sit around and sulk about leaving your family and missing them and that, you know, all these things. Or you can do all of the things that we've talked about in this podcast to try to make it a little bit better and you get to explore and live the journey that it, that this is yeah and it's not always going to be you know waterfalls and rainbows and you know blue skies there's going to be times where you are going to sit around sulk yeah but (laughs) as long as you know how to manage that you know you can start planning start planning your next adventure and that kind of thing so so define your goals make them specific and measurable i mean these are things that you learn in business classes all the time, but it's important to do it now too. set a timeline. You know, we have a five-year plan or we want to do, you know, X amount of parks in one year or whatever, you know, set your timelines, track your progress, share it with your family, share, you know, celebrate your achievements with them. Let them know, like, can you believe it? We've hit 33 national parks. I mean, that's amazing. Can you imagine like how awesome that is for your grandkids that they've been to 33 national parks at 10 and seven. But it's also good to keep in mind, like I think we went through a small phase where we like we were planning out the next year. We have to, we have to visit more national parks this year than we did last year, but that's not always going to be possible. You have to realize that when you're planning and setting your goals, sometimes that's not a good thing to do because maybe if you set your number too high or if you get to that level, you're going to go through them too fast. Yeah. So that's another thing is, you know, slowing down and setting a pace. And then as you do it, you can track your progress. And then the next tip there is staying flexible, making changes when you have to make changes. Uh, You know, we, we have adapted and changed things multiple times in the middle of the year, everything. Staying positive is very, very important. You're going to want to make sure you stay positive and focus on the positive things in this journey. And then finally, reflecting on those goals and seeing the progress of them um, and making sure that you're adjusting it as you go. Okay, final segment is reconnecting with family. So this is tips for reconnecting with your family after spending time on the road. This works for you're done on the road and you're now moving back home or just going home for a long visit like us, which was four months. 
So going home for the summer or winter, depending on where they are, maybe they're in Florida or whatever. Yep. Um, we have a couple podcasts on this. com slash 19 is a podcast about stationary RV life. This is really a good podcast to give you tips on staying in one place. But you should plan ahead. Before you return home, you should reach out to your family. Let them know so that, you know, they can make plans as well. Um, you know, their life goes on just like your life goes on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, on that note, when you're traveling in an RV, like, full-time or most of the time or whatever, don't always expect a welcome home party. Yeah. Which, you know, when we first hit the road and I the first year we came back, I was like, yeah, we're going to have all these shindigs and we're going to yeah. have all these cookouts and everybody's going to shower us with their, you know, visits and stuff. And that's just not how it works out. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're back. Yep. It's so. hard to get yourself around that too, like, because it is a different mindset that we have, kind of like our life is a little different now. Because I, even this last time when we went home, you know, I'm like, I, I caught myself a few times being like, we're only here for four months. And then we're like gone for four years. Like, do you have to do that? But yes, they do have to do that. They're living their life too, just yep. like you are living your life. And, you know, they're not putting things on hold just because you've decided to not be around. So it's important to keep in mind, even though it's hard. I forgot every time I was there pretty much. <laughs> Why? We're going to be gone. You have yep. to make this plan with us. Yep. <laughs> So make an effort to spend quality time with your family, whether it's cooking a meal together, going for walks, whatever, playing games. We did something really cool when we were there. We would make dinner, and then the next day my mom would make dinner. And so every night we were having dinner with my mom and dad, which was awesome. And my Uncle Larry would come over as well. It's also important to share your experiences on the road with them, but don't go overboard with it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not all about you when you're all sitting around, um, you know, talking at, in the living room or something. It's not all your stories. Like, make sure you're asking them about what they've done over those two years as yep. well or, you know, whatever. You know, normally if it's, like, your family, probably this is a lot easier because you're communicating a lot more. But if it's distant family or if it's friends, you know, make sure you're getting their stories as well because yeah. they've lived a really cool life as well. They just haven't had as cool a backyard. You can, yeah, you can only show people so many pictures on your phone before they're bored. Yeah. Even though they're cool pictures. Yeah. And that's where, I, like, I want to show people all the things, but I have to control myself. Yeah. And you should be open and honest about your feelings. That's when things get rough. Um, I'll say this. Like, when we went back home for four months, there was a few times that it was, like, a lot. <laughs> Lots of family. <laughs> and that's because we're thrown into these two different, like, we're thrown into these different routines. My mom and dad are retired. They have a life that they are living right now. And then we were in their backyard. It was extremely different. It was opposite. So for them, it was harder. Um, and for us, it was harder. I, we are used to certain routines. We're used to our kids acting a certain way and doing certain chores and, um, you know, when they're with grandma and grandpa 24-7, they change. (laughs) As all kids change, right? Um, When they're with grandma and grandpa. So I think that it's, it's important to just talk about your feelings so that things don't get out of hand. 
And then we kind of mentioned this earlier, but just like you have routine and you have things going on in your life, they do as well. So respect their routine. It's not going to be all about you. Just like Tony said, there's not going to be parties every night like welcome home you're yep. here you know confetti no, yeah and <laughs> streamers and all that especially for like your immediate family because if you're doing a good job of keeping in touch with them while you're on the road it is great to be home they can actually physically hug you and touch you but they have been hanging out with you really for the yep. last for example for us for the last two years before we came home my mom and dad had come and visit us physically a couple times, but even between those visits, we, we've hung out a lot. I call my mom and dad like every day or yeah. every other day. So there's not a loss of communication. So yep. I think for the most part, it's just, yeah, you're here, but yep. <laughs> we don't need to throw a party. <laughs> and I'm also like, I'm grateful that I have like a group of friends that, because I'm not a great communicator <laughs> that I can, I can disappear and be a hermit for like two months with maybe just texts or our Facebook group chat or whatever, just for sharing funny memes and pictures. But, um, when I come back, we can hang out for a night and it's like, it feels like I never left. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, we just, we have that kind of a bond and relationship where we're just like, it was no, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Like I just was coming over for dinner or whatever. Yeah, that's like Danielle, my best friend. Yeah. Like we were like that our whole, we'll be like that our whole lives. We yep. literally could go two years without seeing each other, maybe talking four times in yeah. that two years, five times. And then and of course, yeah. we hang out and we, it's like we never left. Yeah, we, we definitely miss them while we're gone. Mm-hmm. And yes, we should probably communicate with them more, <laughs> talk to them more on the phone. Like anytime any of them calls me, I answer. Yeah. Even though it's not often. And I don't call them that often. So that's where, like, the other things uh, are very helpful. Like our little funny group chat that we have. Yep. It's just for clowning around, but we still have that constant form of communication, I guess. Yep. All right. I think that's a wrap. This has been a long podcast. So, in other words, good question, Dad. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> that message you left has spurred this entire podcast and now um, or an hour and a half later we're still talking about it and you might have noticed the kids dropped out of this one yeah (laughs) it was fun while it lasted yeah (laughs) they're like okay this is boring we're out of here they went on a bathroom break and never came back (laughs) make sure you check out the show notes for this episode if you're looking for any of the links or podcasts that we talked about we've actually talked about different parts of this like topic a lot. Everything from, you know, um, it's not a vacation, it's a lifestyle. That was a really popular podcast. Um, you know, to if you think you can live in an RV or We've had podcasts um, on why you shouldn't put RV full-time. Yes, yes. Questions people ask us about full-timing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on here. We're going to link those in the show notes of this episode. Um, and then some of the other things we talked about as well. Tony mentioned this in the beginning, but our 100th episode is coming up, and we want you to be on the podcast. So we need you to go over to thefeolas.com slash messages right now. Now that the podcast is over, you can go there. Just do it on your phone. Go to the Feolas. You know how to spell her name. T-H-E-F is in Frank. A-I-O-L-A-S dot com slash message. 
going to take you to a page that has a button on it. You click the button and you leave us a message asking us any question. We're going to play it on the podcast and answer it. Coming up on episode 100. And this is 93, so you only have a few episodes to go. So go ahead and do that. If you don't want to leave it on the message, which a lot of you don't. You like sending them an email or in DM. Um, you can send them to hi, H-I, at thefeolas.com. Or you can leave us a message on any of the social networks, Facebook or Instagram. We also put some of those, like, question things up once in a while on like stories. Like a poll. Yeah, we'll put yeah. polls up. And you can ask them in there. We've gotten a few there, and I'm, like, saving those up for the podcast. So you can also leave it in there as well. I think that's it. All the ways. Leave us a question, though, because those are fun. Yep, and make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at the Feolas. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Was it a toilet flushing? <laughs> I think it was, a, uh, it was a car driving by. He's probably on his garage. Oh. <laughs> the second thing you should do when... Whoa. I can't hear. Yeah, I'm out. I'm There's out something wrong with my thing. I'm telling you, it's not in all the way. I'm not out. I'm the... Only one standing, yeah. It was the ice maker. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Another, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> what monster plays the most April Fool's jokes? Which one? Frankenstein. <laughs> Did you have something you'd like to add to the class? No, thank you. Okay, then <laughs> shish. Stop playing with plastic bags and stuff. How do baby ducks learn to fly? How? They wing it. I'm just like, hey, it'll be kind of fun. We can get on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me say it again. Sorry. <laughs> Am I still doing it? <laughs> it? It clicked. It didn't smack. Oh. It's better. What did the baby corn say to the mom corn? Where's popcorn? <laughs> <laughs>